Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host, Pastor Brad Mathias. You are. And I'm Robert. And we're glad to be with you today, Robert Brad. We're ecstatic to be with you. Mm-hmm. You sound ecstatic. Well, <clears throat> it's the cold medicine. I'm not used to allergies. You know, I don't have those in Maine. Yeah, it's, it's pretty gnarly. It is. Uh, Zyrtec That's a fascinating D. thing to talk about. Well, Zyrtec D is a miracle drug. That's all I can say. Okay. I, I woke up this morning, my sinuses felt like lead. Yeah, it's, uh, it is that What season. is going on? It, I mean, I've it's year round now. It like, feels like it. Like, it doesn't matter what time of year you're in Middle Tennessee, you get the joy of sinus pain. That's fun. That's like yeah. a promo. Aren't you guys glad that you tuned in to hear about this? This is so enlightening. Well, Robert, we have a lot going on. Season 7. We do. Can you believe it? Season 7. 84 I, episodes. Speaking of changes, mm. uh, I became a grandpa twice. Congratulations. Yeah. I know you did. And I became a grandpa one time. We both have granddaughters. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Have you ever felt that way before? I mean, really. Ridiculous? Yes. Well, no. No, I've never felt what I feel about Lucy. Lucy. I mean, it's cra- it's crazy. Like I like there's this ache. I'm not with, I'm not with her. She's in Colorado. And so, you know, I wake up, I have her on my screen, so I see her every morning on my phone and I'm like, "Ah, oh, I miss Lucy." Yeah. But it's yeah, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, we, we just recently had our second grandchild, and it was a, a granddaughter, Mabry. And, uh, you know, having grandchildren is definitely putting some perspective to my thinking. 100%. Yes. I mean, you're starting to, if you're like me, and I think in some ways you are, uh, we, we definitely. Careful. You start thinking about legacies, right? You start yeah. thinking about what is it that I'm leaving behind. Right. It's not so much what do I accomplish or what is my goal in life, but. Really, what what is the legacy that will be? How am I leaving this me? place? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I also turned fifty. So, I know you did. You know, that's a moment. Yeah, <laughs> it is a moment. Yeah, it's like, well, well, I'm I'm past halfway. I remember yeah. like twenty one vividly. Do you? I do actually. So how does it feel to be seventy, Robert? It's remarkable. Yeah, I feel you good. look great for Thank seventy. You. I mean. Half the man you were. Is that the keto speedo diet or what? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Something like that. Wow. You look great. Well, it's good to be back in the studio. I missed you. Thank you, Brad. I missed you a lot. <laughs> I don't say I miss you back. I miss you too. Well, I mean, so for the, our audience, Robert and I used to be in Tennessee together. I'm now in Maine. I'm a church planning pastor with the Anglican Church there. And uh, Maine is really weird. It's totally different than Tennessee, but I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's totally good. But one, I hear it's... Gorgeous. And if you are on Instagram, you need to check out Brad's. He posts all the time pictures from Maine that are just astounding. And and what's crazy is that those are just <clears throat> minutes from my door. Like, I'm not going on some special trip to take those pictures. I might be going to the grocery store. You know, I mean, it's 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 that pretty everywhere. So yeah. uh, it really is amazing. The downside of it is it's really cold, too. Well, the downside is that uh, there's snow on the ground for nine months. But, yeah, other than that, it's can do that. perfect. Um, I'm happy for you. Well, one of the things about Maine and New England in general is that people can be a little down, a little bit um, Hmm. cynical uh, as a sort of culture. 
And so this year, or for this season of the podcast, I wanted to do some positive things, uh, talk about positive moments. And so each episode of season seven, we're going to do our best to highlight a positive fact. I love or that. Or two. Uh, so lay one on us. I'm ready. So this is an, a very Maine-related thing. Uh, puffins. You know, puffins are those cute little They're birds. delicious. Well, no, no, Robert. They're oh. endangered. You don't eat puffins. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, puffins, puffins have the really cute little beak. They look like a sort of cute penguin, except they're only about... Aren't they like that... That Christmas, uh, yes, yes, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a snowman. Yeah, oh yeah, claymation. With, yeah, yeah there's claymation like, puffins, definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, you may not know this, but puffins live on these islands in the North Atlantic, and you can take a boat out and see them and everything. But they live in the ground, and uh, puffins mate for life. They live in the ground or on a cliffside. Are they? Are they birds? They're birds, but okay. they're cute birds. Like really cute. Okay. Like you want to hug them. Like, they're that cute. Like hmm. a teddy bear bird. So are turkeys. Turkeys are kind of cute. Turkeys are not cute. They have a funny thing off their throat. Uh, so, puffins create a separate room in their house for a toilet. Did you know that? Uh, no. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't either. It's on the fact sheet yeah. here. And so, what that tells me is that- So, wait a second. They live in the ground. They made for life. They made for life. And, and they, they have a bathroom in their house. And they have a bathroom. And it tells me some of the secrets in nature for a good marriage and family home. Keep your bathroom. Keep your bathroom separate from everything else. Yeah. Hmm. This is really important. This is news to you. It's well, it's good to know. Yes, it is. Good it to is know. Good to, and that so is actually fascinating. It is fascinating. And today we have a very special guest. I don't even understand that segue. It wasn't. <laughs> it was just a change of topic. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, Becca Pogue is uh one of the bubbly people, you know, on the earth. The bubbly people. The bubbly people. <laughs> My mom's a bubbly people. That's true. I Effervescent. Is a good way go. I would yes. describe that. I, I can see that. Yeah, effervescent. She's uh, she claims to be a work in progress, and she's in the studio with us today. She's been married for over fifteen years, and she has two boys. Welcome to the crazy times. Thank yeah. you. Hey, Becca. I welcome the crazy. <laughs> well, it's good to have, you're in good company because we're we're uh, we're not right. Oh well. Thanks no for being is. with us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, we've been, you know, I've heard about you a lot, and uh, I've been sort of reading through your website, which is at BeccaPogue.com, and Pogue is spelled P-O-G-U-E. And I was looking at some of the things that you had written uh, on your website, and then we have your books here in the studio, so anyone on YouTube can take a look at these books. Robert and I will model them for the camera. <laughs> this is Praying Your Way to Forgiveness, 200 Inspiring Prayers for a Woman's Heart. And this is Choosing Real. An invitation to celebrate when life doesn't go as planned. I need to. I need to read this. <laughs> it's a devotional too, and yeah, Robert, you do need to read that. Um, so I, I'm thinking, as I read through this, there were I wrote. I actually did my homework. Like I've. I love that. Yeah, I, you you said a few things, and I'm incredibly curious. Okay. So if you don't mind indulging uh, my questions. Absolutely. You said that you believe listening is healing. Yes. Tell me what's what do you mean by that? I just think we're a culture that um, we talk and we speak at one another so much. There's mm. so much external noise these days that I think this, the most beautiful thing is to really quiet ourselves and start to listen to what's going on in our interior first mm. and then really do that hard work of listening to what God's saying and then go to people last. Um, so I think a lot of my heartbeat is to turn that speaking, that talking, that speaking, that listening upside down mm. and lead with listening because um, I think when people feel heard, that's when healing really begins. Mm. 
I couldn't agree more. And that's, it's difficult. It's difficult to do, especially when you feel passionate about things and whether you're parenting or whether you're married, Mm -hmm. um, when there's a differing view, I know that I've, I immediately jump into, well, you're obviously not seeing it correctly. Right. Instead of me trying to seek to understand, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what someone's bringing to the table. And most recently thinking about with my kids, like Mm. we're, we think sometimes I do in parenting, it's like just instructional and, and that is a part of parenting. Yeah. But a lot of times we, we lose the relational side of just really kind of getting to know who God has created our kids to be. Absolutely. We miss an opportunity there, right? Absolutely. And to know who they are and the way that they work. Right. You know, and it, you're right. We miss it so much when it's like, let me just do the thing and I said it so you do it. And but right. to really say like, what's going on? Like, what do you think? And what's going on in your heart? So how do you, how do you successfully do that? Like, let's just take a, hmm. your marriage situation you're you're at odds or you're, you're seeing something different there's hmm. some like like is there a discipline we're never that you at employ? odds I don't oh, of course know not you I mean, i'm saying no. someone else so you're asking for a friend <laughs> yes asking asking for for a friend. fair yeah. okay fair. um well it's funny my husband and i i think we've learned over 15 years that our new like phrase is like i just need you to sit in this with me for a little bit like mm. instead of going into fix-it mode which is both of our natural tendency yeah um to really just say like i just like we'll ask one another like do you want me just to listen or do you want feedback right now? Mm. And oftentimes I think that is like the gateway to being heard. Yeah. Because it's so easy just to go into like, let me solve this, let me offer a solution. But sometimes we just need to verbally process and be heard and then it naturally works itself out. That's good. I've also learned it's important how you say that, you know, Mm -hmm. do you want me to respond right now? Mm -hmm. I've almost gotten smacked a couple times. I mean, that's fair. If you say that really smart, you know, like, Do you want me to respond? Right, right. right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, when you move your head like that, you're going to get smacked. Um, Yeah, I've been reading through this. You do a lot of things. I mean, it says here that you're an author, devotional writer, retreat leader, uh, founder of the Pastor Experience, which is a retreat, Mm -hmm. as I understand it, a spiritual director in training, and a design consultant. Yes. Hmm. You're doing all those things. I do. I just, I'm not a one-track soul. No. I really just love to use all the creativity that bounces around. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I really, as you as you were talking and the effervescent nature of your personality, I can see you doing all those things and really having fun <laughs> and really inspiring and helping a lot of people. But I can sense there's a personal story behind the story. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're learning to listen and hear other people's stories, but I think you probably have your own. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. one of the, the great joys of this podcast is sort of hearing the stories of our guests mm. and trying to get um, a little bit of an idea of what makes yeah. you tick. Yeah. So you, you make a comment, and I saw it three times. You said, unclimbing the someone ladder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I know what that means, but I'd love to hear you yeah. share that. And how you got to that yeah. place of making that a priority. Making that choice. <clears throat> um, so when I talk about the someone ladder. I feel like the someone is um, sort of a similarity to my ego. Hmm. And um, so I grew up very much finding my value and my worth when I was performing. You know, when I was on, when I was on stage, when I was, that's how I was finding, I think I did a lot of listening to people first. You know, who are you telling me I am? And then that's who I decide that I am. And so, you know, coming from the world of writing and that whole um, platform emphasis, I think it was probably right after I wrote Choosing Real that I realized that what came with it of building up my ego, of really highlighting the someone of what I'm, who's Becca when she's creating and on and doing, 
um, it just didn't feel congruent with my spirit. Mm. Um, and so I just really started listening to that. Like, why am I resisting getting on and needing to talk about all the things I'm doing on social media and kind of highlighting me, someone instead of God, the one who's doing the work in me. Mm. And, um, I think that really led me to feeling like God was stirring me to kind of step away from, from the, the world where I'm on the stage and big and really just trusting that God is going to do some of that interior work as I'm unclimbing that kind of. Is there something that happened that triggered that journey of like, of that Hmm. shift? Or is it just something that evolved in you as you started uncovering these things? I would say the biggest catalyst was was what the reason I wrote the book was when my dad died suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think, really stripped me from going from performance mode and needing to take care of everybody and be right. everybody for everyone to really surrendering and releasing and saying, like, I don't really have a lot to give. And then realizing the freedom that comes in just being. Yeah. Um, so, and the more I've done that, I think that's where my heartbeat for listening and being still and being present and the smaller groups and the intimacy has come. Yeah. But it's definitely a journey and I fight it on a daily basis because yeah. when it's quiet and slow, I want to climb back up my ego. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we moved to Tennessee from California, you know, we moved without jobs. It was a huge trust journey. And I found myself having coffee one day with somebody and, you know, the first question is like, oh, so what are you doing? And I'm like... I don't really know. Like I'm in this unclimbing journey. I'm really in this, like I'm shedding all my ego and I'm fighting it. And I found myself telling her, like I used to be someone Mm. and that, so that is the pull of who am I when I'm being and when I'm still, and I'm, I'm listening to God's voice and who am I when I'm striving and I'm kind of climbing outside of myself. So it's, yeah, it's constant I'm, war. <laughs> I'm listening to that really attentively because I just moved to Maine without a job, and, and mm. uh, my wife and I are in a very similar spot, but we're really old. So oh, stop. It's, it's totally true. different. Stop. Yeah, it's she's, she's How old. has that been for you? Um, a lot like you. Yeah. Yeah, because what I've learned is that I can take my faith with me in that ego journey. Yes. So it's not um, – it's suddenly okay to be egotistical about your accomplishments because it's forgot. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, validated ego. Yeah, Great. it's like okay, so uh, God is dismantling not only the ego but my spiritual fake ego, which mm. is you know who are you? Well, I'm a pastor of this, or I'm the head of that, mm. or I'm running the. You know, you sort of build these apparatus around Completely. you, and it's the same thing. It just is in a different wrapper. Yep. And uh, so, turns out God is jealous, and mm-hmm. He wants to be our God and not allow us to worship ourselves. Yeah. Which is what you're really saying, I think, when you say don't climb the someone ladder. Right. Yeah, I mean, because given uh, left our own devices, um, we like to put ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And um, as Christians, we get really good at disguising that. We live in a world that that it feels like unless you're doing something, you don't you don't matter, and there's not you don't get your value from who you were created to be. It's what you do or what you contribute or what you offer, and 100%. so. It's really difficult to unclimb that as you're as you're talking, and it is a daily thing because our natural yes. sin nature is ego based, and so we're like going, okay, well, what if I, what if I don't have anything that I do, and I'm just being, and I'm mm-hmm. just, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think moms can get in that trap a lot, you know, a stay at home mom especially, and mm-hmm. I'm not a mom, mm-hmm. but you know, raising your kids can it's such a selfless thing to do. Yes. Um, but I know that there's I know that there's parents out there that 
that feel like, well, unless I'm contributing, my, my husband's got a job, and so that's mm-hmm. his identity, and I'm just here at home cleaning and taking care of my kids mm-hmm. and stuff. It, what would you say to the mom out there that might be listening that's saying, that's mm-hmm. kind of going, I used to have a career or I used mm-hmm. to whatever, and now I just feel kind of like I'm, I'm just raising my kids. And right. even though we know that there's value to that, mm-hmm. there's still this voice in our head that's going, yeah, but what do you doing I mean, completely completely yeah. no i would i would look at that mom and say you're not alone and i remember being there um and i think it's a perspective shift i think it's when you look at the days i remember looking at the days when the boys were little feeling like gosh i can't wait till dot 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 you know when they do this or mm-hmm. when the it almost was like i was trying to fast forward those very minute mundane moments mm-hmm. and now i'm really trying to just be present and say yeah. how can i go instead of getting through the day but how can i learn from who you are Mm. how can i turn this into i'm i'm being taught just as much as i'm the one that's raising right you know so i think that's such a great distinction there's so much looking back now that um i could have learned more Mm. if i would have been more present but i was so looking to you know i raised my girls on my own for eight years as a single dad and and so i like I, I think I missed a lot of the joy of yeah. because I was so like benchmark oriented or you know like the what's next and that kind of thing. So right. I think you're right. And right. Just being present was mm-hmm. something that I didn't do a great job mm-hmm. of. Especially if you're a planner, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of futuristic or a dreamer, it's we're always tending to look into that. You know, when this happens. Right. But I know the moments where I'm like can pause and be fully present. Yeah. I'm actually like connecting and I'm eye to eye with my kids instead of what was that? And, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm listening to you, Becca. And one of the things that, um, I think would resonate with, with a lot of our listeners is the pace of our culture Mm -hmm. is very demanding Yeah, to the point where it's become normal. And, um, I think people feel less valuable if they're not busy. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is a, like almost an addiction in itself. This, need to be uh, really needed, mm-hmm. for lack of a better mm-hmm. descriptor. Like, I'm needed, so I have value, and mm-hmm. so we we allow ourselves to be overscheduled, overbooked, um, maybe subconsciously even, just as a way of validating ourselves. Sure. Have you come across that? Is that something you... Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, I'm a recovering, busy soul, you know? I think that I didn't know any different until I think I started kind of having those moments where I thought... I'm, I'm going through the day, but I'm not remembering moments because mm. I'm just rushing through. So that's when I think we did a big step back and kind of evaluated what is important and then how do we intentionally live that way because nobody's going to protect our time for us, you know. So I think that's where my husband and I really have said, like, simple is is beautiful in a world where rush is mm-hmm more acceptable. You know, I mean, I've had friends who are like, it must be really nice to just, like, be, like, kind of lazy. And I'm like... Oh, no, no, we're not, we're not, we're not being lazy. Like we're just, we're intentionally like stilling ourselves enough to, creating space. we're creating space Yeah. and we're being still. And those are the moments that our kids are going to remember. It's not, you're getting in the car and we got to rush to this. And not that that's bad. No, I, I get it. You know, but for us, we feel like we're actually more available and it frees us up to be more present and listen. Yeah. So I think it's just, it's almost paying attention a lot to, is this bringing joy? Am I actually, is this actually bringing life to our family or is this sapping the life? And so I think when we started asking ourselves those questions, it kind of helped pull away the fluff. That's good. 
I want to I want to know a little bit about this because I, I was saying just before we started recording that Brad needs to really dig into this praying your way to forgiveness, um, inspiring prayers for a woman's heart. I mean, Brad's heart could mm. be Brad's heart. Mm-hmm. What what I think it's such an interesting idea. What led to the writing of this praying your way to forgiveness? So this was a really cool story. After I, um, my publisher actually approached me and asked if I would write two hundred prayers toward forgiveness, and I was like, uh, no. I would like to write about trust or faith. That feels a lot <laughs> less messy. Yeah. Um, and it it challenged me every day to to write even more of how do I then understand the posture of what forgiveness is? How do I start to forgive myself before right. then I can extend forgiveness to other people? So it's very practical every day. Like, how do I forgive myself when I want to like lose it on my kids? Or how do I forgive myself? Or how do I even understand a father who forgives when I'm not at that space yet, you know? Um, Mm. So there's just these little nuggets. Um, It was really healing for me to write, and I hope hope it... What was it that, uh, like, that resisted? What do you think it is that, if you look back now, that Mm. resisted you wanting to actually write this? That's a great question. Um, I don't think forgiveness is ever, like, fully accomplished. Mm. So I think that I felt um, maybe, like not the expert on forgiveness because I'm still very much in progress of there's people in my life that I have to forgive and then I have to forgive them like maybe an hour later and Mm. then maybe two days, you know? So I think even just finding grace as I was writing and realizing it's not a one Mm. and done thing. It's, it's maybe more of a journey toward forgiveness. Mm. Um, I think it had, it, it offered compassion for myself and then for others of, yeah, that we have a God who forgives, but it's, you know, we don't have to have that same expectation that, Forgiveness mean or, or forgiveness doesn't always necessarily mean now we're going to be best friends, right? You know, so finding boundaries those beautiful boundaries. Within, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgive you, but I don't have to uh, in a let you into this. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. Get it. So I love it. Well, I'm looking forward to Brad reading that. <laughs> well, you know, um, I do need help with forgiveness because my co-host is. We can talk about that. He needs help. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's a, this is a forgiveness problem. moment. So, Robert, you <laughs> might want to read the choosing real <laughs> versus the fantasy world I'm all that about you it. live in. Yeah. I'm all about it. Uh, I, you know, in all seriousness, as I'm thinking about the struggles, right, that our culture really puts on moms, um, The in, so that's an external struggle, like just the pace of life, the need to be busy, to be important. Yeah. And then there's that internal battle, which is the forgiveness issues and the idea of, like, where does my identity come from? Mm-hmm. Um, and the performing and sort of sort of checking the boxes part of life mm-hmm. where we lose the moment because mm-hmm. we're just always looking at the goal. Right. So I, as you're sort of describing that, I'm sure there are a lot of listeners mm-hmm. who can say, oh, that might be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I might be ready to admit that I need some help. Where, what, what do you do to help moms through that mm-hmm. process? What, what kind of ministry do you personally help with besides writing books right right so my huge heartbeat is i started pasture experience and it's based on psalm 23 and it really is offering that listening mm. space mm. and i think what i love leading women through is is just that really practical tangible where is there time in your day that you can go and close your eyes and imagine god's face shining upon you and who does he say you are regardless of what you do, who people are telling you you are, how your kids are responding to you, those those consolation moments of, of hearing our worth from him first, I think that when we live from that space, it's an it's out of overflow instead of 
looking for it from external right. ways. Mm. So I love to lead women into this, that confidence of learning how to hear his voice first and then living from that space. You know, I think as a Christian, one of the greatest challenges, whether you're a parent or not, uh, is trusting the voice that you believe is God's. Yeah. Because there's a lot of voices in our head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you're so right. Like, unless you can carve out space for that stillness, it's hard to hear that voice because there, there are so many competing and they all sound similar. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's something about the idea of getting still mm-hmm. that can clarify the voice that you need to listen to and Absolutely. give some some space for that to happen. So I love that mm-hmm. idea of the pasture. What pasture? Pasture experience. Pasture experience. Mm-hmm. I love it's that. It's inspired by Psalm 23. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think as moms too, we think, oh gosh, I have to have a whole day or I need to get away right. for a, you know, something. And it's like, no, there's moments like in the shower or when we're driving that we can turn off the radio. And the more we do it, then the more confident we become in listening right. to the stillness. Right. So it's, I think it's a learned it's a discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a spiritual discipline. Yeah, it is. Um, well, I, Robert, I, I have a sense that uh, we could go a while yeah. talking through some of these things that are, that are out there. In, in closing, um, what would you say the highs and lows of your parenting life have been so far? Oh, wow. Hmm. I would say the highs right now are where our boys are. They're 11 and 8. And they are so, they're just, they're amazing. And I feel like I'm learning from them every day. Hmm. I mean, even last night I was, I was laying with Tanner, our oldest, and I was scratching his back. And I said, I just apologize because I realized yesterday I was, I was so anxious and I wasn't present. Hmm. And so I was just, I was with them, but I wasn't with them. And Hmm. I said, what do you need right now, bud? And he said, I just, I need some more attention. Like I need some more like one-on-one time. Um, and I love that he's at a space where we can have those conversations. Right. I think the earlier years were harder because I longed for that connection. And it was more of the get the snack, do the thing, change your day. You know, it's yeah. more of that. And so every stage, I feel like I'm trying to say, like, I don't, I just want to soak up this moment and be present to it mm-hmm. and give myself grace and give them grace. Yeah. I'm learning to say I'm sorry a lot more where before I was like, nope, mama said it, it's fine. And I'm like, Mama doesn't know. <laughs> We're all learning. That's great. I completely agree. Before we wrap up, I, we need to talk about your podcast. You do podcasting too. Talk to us a little bit about what you do on your podcast. Sure. Well, um, I recorded my first season here in the Bema Media, which was such a gift. Um, but my podcast really is about those moments of turning again, that talking, that listening upside down. So I invite people into topics like solitude and stillness and humility and unclimbing and um, really give them a chance to simmer and listen to that for the first week. And then the following week, I have a guest conversation, a soul nourishing conversation about that. That's awesome. Yeah. I like the way she talks. Soul nourishing. Yeah. Soul. It's so needed. I mean, in our culture, it's, we're, we're so Mm -hmm. speed oriented, you know, that it's, we need to push pause and Mm -hmm. take some time. Well, we've had the pleasure to spend a half an hour here with Becca Pope, and uh, she. And your podcast is Becca Pope Podcast, right? No, it's Pasture Experience. Pasture. Yes, yeah, so it's actually it's inspired by the retreats uh, that I do. So we will have all of her links, links. on our website, uh, brilliantlybraveparenting.com. Uh, we'll have links to her books and to you for people to get a hold of you if they want to come to a retreat or uh, to find out more about your ministry. Um, 
we are very grateful mm-hmm. to have you in the studio today. Thank you and, for having uh, me. I, I have one final comment, and that is that I think wildflowers are important to you. Oh, gosh. You're speaking my love language right so, now. <laughs> it's in a lot of the language in your book. and in a lot. Of, there's just a lot of mention of yes. wildflowers. So in closing, this is it. This is your last thought. <laughs> Tell us about the wildflowers. Why oh, are they so important? I don't know. I just They just they stir my soul. <laughs> I see them when I go off, off-road picking. I mean, I have wildflower garden in our backyard, and I make wildflower prayers with my typewriter. So that's just one of my creative outlets is pressing wildflowers and offering truth and having a little creative outlet for people. I love that. Wow. So in Maine, there's a wildflower called lupin. Mm. Or lupine. Lup- Depending on how you say it, lupine or lupin. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's this big purple flower. Mm-hmm. It's about this tall, maybe 12, 14-inch cone of flower, and it's bright purple in there in the spring, and uh, it makes Maine beautiful. So uh, you have to come and see. I would love to. Well, it's our pleasure to be there uh, with Becca Pogue here in the studio. Robert, any yeah. last thoughts? No, I, I'm just ad- admiring you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> soaking it all up. I'm just soaking up your glory, Brad. My glory. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it, this has fun. been this has been great having you. Thank you so much for sharing. I love Thank what you're you. doing. I think it's so important, and mm. encourage any of our listeners to check out the resources. The links will be in the in the bio part. But um, thank you for spending time with us. Oh, thank you for having me. You guys are fun. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome. Well, Robert, that was a jolt of energy. She's awesome. Effervescent is the right word. It is. But you can tell that there's, you know, there's a difference between hypey effervescence and then effervescence from like a place of like knowing who you are. And I get the sense that she's in a lot of soul care and and examining like what's important, who she is, her identity, and and it, it bubbles over from her. I mean, she's a real delight is the right word, I think. I agree. I I was um, encouraged to to think about the fact that there are there is a group there are groups of women moms who are getting together to slow down because mm-hmm. a lot of retreats are kind of hypey right you know they're kind of rah rah let's and, figure out how much we can learn in this compressed yeah, amount of time and and in the Christian culture sometimes you know uh, we celebrate enthusiasm more than we should like yeah. uh, if you're not enthusiastic about your faith then you're not a good Christian or something. Right, right. Um, and sometimes there are moments in life when it's just hard. Yeah. You I know, agree. you're just you're just fried and you need to recharge deeply, not superficially. Yeah. Um, and so as she was talking, I was thinking, there are moms out there right now who are listening who are like, you know, I think I need more than a a latte. You know, I need I need something deeper than that. Um, right. And I feel like this could really be a help to I a think lot of can. moms. I think it can. Yeah, I, I was I was inspired, and um, 
she speaks from experience, not just, you know, academic or right. just, I think this is what, I mean, you can tell that this is something that's really authentic with her. So I would encourage anyone listening out there, any mom that uh, feels overwhelmed and feels like, you know, there, there's just so many things going on, check out her stuff. I think you, you'll find, you'll find some refreshment from it and, uh, and wisdom. I agree. And, you know, as we were talking about uh, the different things that sort of make her tick and this need to be in the moment, Mm -hmm. this need to slow down enough to enjoy each day as a parent, as a mom, um, to recognize that that's valuable Mm -hmm. and to not allow our culture to sort of dictate the pace of our life. Right. And that those are great things to say, but they're hard. Really hard. It is a discipline. I mean, you have to feel, I mean, it's, it's like anything else, you know, you've just repetitive, you've got to keep doing it. It gets easier, but I don't, I don't know that like in this side of Gloria, we're ever going to be at the place where we just, you know, automatically are drawn to that and it just becomes a natural thing. You know, it takes work to kind of, it's like breaking gravity. I mean, you're just having to discipline yourself to make that a priority. So. Yeah. So uh, for moms who need to break, who need to slow down for more than just the sort of uh, the sort of routine of life, and they need a, a new moment with Christ, they need a new moment of refreshment, go check out BeccaPogue.com. That's spelled B-E-K-A-H-P-O-G-U-E.com. And uh, uh, we'll see you here again next week. We really do consider it an honor to spend time with you. And if you think about it, uh, give us a nice comment in, in whatever platform you're using. It, it means a great deal to us, and we appreciate you uh, carving out some time to spend with us today. We'll see you here again next week. Absolutely. Thank you. God bless, and uh, we'll see you soon. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. Hey, Robert, we've got some new stuff in the web store. Tell me about it, Brad. It's our very own swag. Really? Absolutely Brilliantly Brave now has its own line of caps, cups, clothing. Yeah, everything, man. We got swag. Dog sweaters? Uh, I don't know about the dog sweaters yet, but we can work on it. Okay. So if you're a fan and you've been listening to Brilliantly Brave and you want to share it with your friends, let them know that you're a supporter, hey, come to our website, iShineLive.com, and find out more. We are excited to announce the Storms of Life study, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. It's a great subtitle, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we know that students are stressed. And for parents and pastors, it's important to know what are the top three things that are really on the minds of our kids. So Brad, walk us through what they can expect from the Storms of Life. This is an eight-week study, 
It has uh, video insights. It has uh, presentations from a actual youth retreat with junior high and high school students. These kids are going to learn about how their faith can help them fight back the stress that they're living with every day at school. Check it out on iShineLive.com.